0: On today's episode, we talk with guest Tyler with TNK Hunting Gear. We take the filter off, so if you have little kids around, you're going to want to get the earmuffs out. And if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, move on. Howdy and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is September 17th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and you're back. Uh, hey, everybody. What's up? So real quick, before we get into the show, you guys know what I do. I call on my sponsors and Backwoods Grind Coffee is the title sponsor. They make the best frickin' coffee ever. And they're just likable dudes. Uh, they know what's going on over there. They give a shit. They care a whole lot about putting good product into your coffee mug. Um, it was interesting. During Rut Radio, I was talking with Sean. And Sean's like, yeah, no, I got the co- I got the Backwoods Grind coffee. I bought the sampler pack. And everybody loved it. Shocker. Um, it's, it's just really good. It's the kind of stuff... You know, that it's hard to describe when I say it has grit in the flavor. Uh, it really does. So if you want to try it out, just go ahead and enter in code w 2 h podcast, and you'll save 10%. It's worth the try. The sample packs are cheap um, or affordable. And then the 10% on top of that, like they're practically giving it away. So um, head on over there if you haven't tried their coffee. It's at least worth the, the try. The aroma itself steeping from the website is Glorious. I still don't know how they got the smell to come out of the computer or the phone. It's really confusing. And then additionally, let's switch gears here real quick because we're going to introduce our new sponsor for the show, which is Gumleaf USA. Gumleaf produces rubber. Gumleafusa.com is where you can find real rubber boots, handcrafted. Um, There's no other boots like this on the market. I've looked, I've checked, I've purchased a whole bunch. I've had muck, I've had uh, Under Armour. I even still have my Mickey Mouse World War II boots. Um, And I've also had some Gander Mountain which is now Gander Outdoors. Look, I've had plenty of different boots and I know others that have too. And a lot of those other manufacturers use synthetic materials that don't hold up over time. They break down, they get brittle, they get punctured. They're not the same. Granted, they're a little less expensive than the gum leaves, but you pay a little bit more for that quality and you're going to go a lot farther, quite literally. If you want to check them out, I highly, highly recommend at the minimum, don't even buy their stuff. Just go to their website, gumleafusa.com and look at the video on their homepage and see how these things are made yourself because it shows you how they're made by hand. Um, I won't go on, but if you want to save money on shipping costs because it's a bigger ticket item, you can enter in code W2H2019. So go ahead, head over to their website, take a look at their video, let me know what you think. And if anyone else um, in like upland hunting, I know they're really big in that market. These guys are trying to get into the whitetail space. There's a number of folks that are using these boots, guys that have even been on the show. Um Sam yubel has been on the show. I think he's rocking some of their boots. Greg Tubbs has called in the show. He's using their boots. Um Greg Litzinger, uh, he's been on the show. He's using their boots. There's a reason some of the better hunters in this space are using these boots. Now, I'm the okay hunter and I'm really looking for comfort and durability. Um but it helps me expand and learn and take myself to new places and cross some areas that, you know, are a little bit more rugged and wet. Anyway, on today, we, we bring on guest Tyler from TNK, Hunting Gear, LLC, and uh, we really get into why and how his products are more superior than any other product like his on the market. And just why his brand is so special and unique. It's also veteran owned. It's made 100% in America with 100% uh, materials that are sourced from America. It's like nothing else. So I never do it justice. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Hold up, hold up. (laughs) Sorry. Before we get into it, we got to get into the W2H Rut Club Radio.
1: What up, Kyle? You're live on the Weirdo Hunt Rut Club Radio. What's going on, bro?
2: what's up e-money
1: can you hear me all right you good
2: yeah can, can you hear me
1: mm-hmm. got you loud and clear man and i think uh the four other folks watching on facebook can hear you too <laughs> so thanks for calling bud how you doing
2: uh saturday was our bow opener and uh man, it was awesome uh that full moon kind of was a bit of a kicker i didn't really know how things were going to pan out but uh went out and sat and had a good, good amount of activity. So I was asked on a bunch, you know, just seeing what was out there. Talked to you. Oh,
1: you're breaking up a little bit, bud. Uh, There we go. I think I got you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I get one little spot when I'm driving. My bad. Can you hear me?
1: Yep. Yep. We got you.
2: Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, man, no mosquitoes. The Wisconsin bird was not out. So I, uh, you know, wasn't getting eaten alive. I know you were kind of shocked about that, but that was fortunate. I was shocked when I went out you know? on
1: Sunday. I was like super happy. I was expecting to be just angry and miserable about it, and I wasn't. So, yeah, it's it sounded like not too many people. I I messaged like Connor, uh, White Tail Drifter, and a couple other guys that were out. Tyler and a few other buddies. Uh, my buddy Joel, and no one really reported back any major mosquito problems, which is rare this time of year, I think. So pretty jacked yeah, about yeah, that I
2: mean, yeah fortunately I you know haven't even had to worry about a thermosell or anything but uh
1: I think that's the best rut report we can do right now given that it, you know we're ways <laughs> out from the rut obviously but like hey guys it's safe to go to the woods the mosquitoes aren't bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> for know? sure
2: and and then you know so Sunday I had a game plan I was like alright so I got on of those figured I'd go take one and then that heat wave came and just totally shut down everything and it was
1: oh so you went you went back out and then it was dead huh
2: yeah i went back out sunday um went out sunday morning got out a little bit earlier because i kind of had a i had a run in with a, a buck saturday morning and fortunately i stopped in my tracks and my uh scent game was good enough he came out five yards from me and just walked right across from me didn't even spook him or anything so i was Pretty crazy, man. (laughs)
3: Yeah,
2: I literally had some stories
1: on Instagram I saw that were pretty cool to see that level of activity.
2: Yeah, and then Sunday it just shut down, and it was it got warm. I mean, it was ten degrees warmer from uh, than it was Saturday when I went to go sit out, and it just and aside from that, I mean, with that full moon, you know, was still kind of out, so I figured it just you know shut down, but I mean, it was nice to see the activity, you know, for, for the start of the year, and hopefully it just brings more closer to the rut here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just good to get out. Like I was saying, you know, when I was just kind of getting on here, that I just wanted to put my gear, you know, through the ringer and get it get it tested out and just make sure everything's working the way that it should. And, you know, I was pretty pleased with just kind of getting out there. I was happy to to be out. I mean, it's been you know almost a whole year really and it's exciting to just have that opportunity
2: yeah for sure and uh yeah like you said i mean it fortunately i uh i was spring turkey hunting so i was able to use my most of my gear you know so everything was kind of just ready to go and i pulled it out and i mean yeah i just just had to worry more about my scent game for this than turkey i mean turkey you can just walk out in a swimsuit damn near and just go take something so <laughs>
1: well, there wasn't, there wasn't, dude, that's funny. There wasn't much wind either. Like when I went out on Sunday to worry about it all, I mean, there was practically nothing. You know, I was like trying to figure out, okay, where do I need to enter? Where are the beds? I kind of know the area a little bit. I could probably know it better, but there there wasn't any real concern for that. And, and it, you know, you're sweating like a freaking Sasquatch out there, too. It was pretty miserable until I sat down for a while.
2: Yeah, my i did the same thing man i kind of where my stand is it's at a pinch point so i gotta be real careful with where i'm gonna walk in and everything so i took that all kind of in consideration of you know where i was gonna approach and then yeah like you said it was dead there was no wind so you know sat in my stand and i mean it took about two three hours before i even got a breeze um you know so but on that note of things i mean it was just the kind of thing where I definitely just had to watch all the way around me, and everything. But I mean, even Saturday when I sat, I had uh, a group of three, four doves that were downwind to me, and uh, they didn't even get spooked or anything. So that was definitely a cool thing. So, but yeah,
1: it's uh, great seeing like that. That's super cool. So, are you going? What's your, I guess what are some of your goals for the season, and when are you going out next? Um.
2: So I I work Monday through Friday. So or sorry I work Monday through Thursday so Friday I think I'm gonna try to get out depending on how the weather is um, the goals just moved. uh we bought our house in February so we got five acres and we bought up against 50 acres so new property new animals and everything like that so I mean um, I mean the goals are to try to you know hit something pretty decent um, trail cam has showed two spikes couple six pointers and an eight pointer um but from the farms around the area i've seen there's at least a couple 10 pointers so just hoping during rut they're gonna sprint through the yard and everything like that so i mean i don't really have anything super crazy i mean something something big enough that walks by you know and sparks my interest but i definitely don't want to take my first one that walks by and you know be kind of upset um
1: yeah, when it's that early in the season if you're if you've been at it for a number of years, you know, it might take a little bit more to get you to draw back. Um there's some guys that are yeah. like Fuck yeah you know, like I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Which is great, you know. I, like, cheers to those yeah, guys I and mean, everybody really. I
2: I mean we got the I got one Antler tag, but then where I'm at I actually have uh, five antler list tags. So I mean I, I can get plenty of meat in the freezer with that. But, uh, you know, I definitely want to, like I said, you know, where I'm at, I definitely want to try doing more of a, uh, deer management and everything like that and and try to watch the herd and see what's going on and everything like that. And then, uh, where I'm at. So, I mean, our property butts up to 94. Um, so on the North side of 94, there's a, a public, but 254 acres is up there. So I swung up there to see, and I've kind of just been uh, mapping it out on the on Google Maps and stuff like that. And can, You can definitely see where their trails are and pinch points and stuff like that. So um, I think I might go take a pop-up blind and go jump up there and see if I can see anything. I mean, I've seen them from my house. I can see over the freeway and everything like that, and I can see a couple of them, um, but I just don't know if they're getting pushed from where I'm at over the freeway, or if they're they're up there. But there's a couple ponds up there and everything like that. So I mean, it's definitely good, good uh, land for them to be in. There's really no houses around too close. So, I mean, so ho- hoping I can go run up there and, you know, if I take a mature doe off of there, I'll definitely be happy.
1: That's great, man. But, well, we'll stay tuned and follow along with your season. Share stuff with the page. If you're not in the W2H Rut Club, go ahead and jump in there too and uh we're gonna we're gonna let you go for now and bring on the next caller to keep rolling with the right show on. but dude kyle thanks for calling in and supporting man i appreciate it And now you're entered in to win a heated hunt um heated scent dispenser so stand by we'll we put you in the drawing
2: are... all righty thanks e money take it easy
1: yeah see you man bye <phone rings> all right so next on the line looks like we got sean out of uh walk what's up sean
4: What's going on, man? How's it going?
1: It's good. Thanks for calling into the the Rut Club radio. You've been seeing some deer? Hey. Been out yet?
4: Uh, well, I was out Saturday morning and was uh, trying to sneak through a field of uh, pretty much chest-high weeds. And <laughs> eight, 18 minutes into legal shooting time, uh, I, I did not spot the six-pointer. The six-pointer spotted me taking a leak on a tree.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> um, I think we had messaged back and forth about that a little bit.
4: Yeah, yeah. It was one of those of, you know, I started going and then I heard thump and I looked over my shoulder and he took two big bounds and disappeared into the woods. Damn. And, uh, yeah, it, it, that was my first thought was, damn it. But then I'm like, well, that's fine. I'll just continue on with my plan of working the rest of the way through the field of weeds to work myself around to the leeward side of the hill and uh, try to work my way back up that way, and I ended up finding more bad things than good things.
1: Um, you ruled some the, things out then.
4: Well, no, it was more like I found a uh, permanent stand, which is not uh. permitted on that property. But it was also I was about fifty feet off of private property, so I think somebody was trying to sneak one in there, yeah. and. uh then about 9.30, somebody flew a drone over the property, and it was low enough that I couldn't see it, but by the sound I could tell exactly where it was. So that was kind of annoying because I'm sure they spooked the deer. Uh,
1: and, and then about You almost 12... wonder if that was just someone recreating, but maybe not, you know.
4: <laughs> right, well, then around 1 o'clock in the afternoon... Somebody went through the uh, the main trail on that property on an ATV. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought you couldn't have motorized vehicles on this property. So, and about that point with all the uh, extra noise and I had run out of water, I ended up calling it quits for the day. But I didn't, I, I found a bunch of trails. And in Onyx, I marked the trail that that buck had disappeared on. And okay. I kinda you up kind up of crept up that way a little bit. That? trying to, Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, okay, you know, that's that's where I saw that guy. So maybe he'll be there next time I go out there. But then again, maybe not. I don't know exactly how much pressure that property gets. Um, I did see a truck parked on the south side of that property when I was leaving. But that was the only other vehicle I saw. all. So.
1: and were you hunting but, in Oconomowoc on in those public land, obviously?
4: Yeah, it's uh, the uh, Ashpen River Greenway uh, up across Highway 67 from the Ewald soccer fields.
1: Yeah, I I've hunted the Ashpen River Greenway over by the Ashpen River in that parking lot. And I've also gone up the river from uh, some other part of town. I forget what the heck it's called. Um, you know, and I've definitely seen a number of deer out that way. So it's a, it's a, and I've heard of guys taking some big ones out there to not to give any secrets. It was public land. You know, you got to know where to go on there, but um, right, yeah. it's a great, it's a great little property. That's not far. You know, I'm, I'm right in the same area. So I really enjoyed right, being yeah. able to get out there. And then I scouted it with my dog one year, you know, in the, in the spring and he loved just, Run around out there looking for sheds with me, so it's cool. It's a cool nice. spot. Yeah, it is,
4: it is nice, and, and uh, I know in uh, previous years, I found quite a bit of sign. Um, the other part of the Greenway that's, like, separate, it's on the west side of 67, is a lot smaller, and it's mostly marsh, um, mm-hmm. but because the soil is pretty wet all the time, you can just see deer tracks just – everywhere if you can fight your way through the thick brush
1: yep yep so no that's you yeah, that's good Thank. yeah so are you going to go out again this weekend or when's your next plan of attack uh, i don't
4: know if it's going to be this weekend um hopefully for sure well no the weekend after we're camping so it'd probably be three weeks um but it all depends on family stuff too. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm
4: I'm hoping. I'm keeping my fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> family <laughs> first, but then deer hunting. Maybe coffee and then deer hunting.
4: <laughs> right? Yes, but, yes. Coffee. Backwoods grind.
1: Yeah. Are you drinking Backwoods grind?
4: <laughs> yeah, we just uh, just got an order in the other day. Good. Great. That's stuff. awesome. We we well, took a sampler to that, pack on a, a family did. camping trip, and everybody loved it.
1: That's awesome. It really does have some yeah. real grit to it. I don't know that I'm able to describe that verbally, but for those that have tried it, maybe that makes more sense now. That's what I'm drinking. Right. Nice. Well, Sean, thanks for calling in, dude. You're gonna get you're gonna get entered into a drawing to win a heated hunt uh, heated scent dispenser, so you can add that to your arsenal for uh, some of the gear that you got this season. Um, what I'll do is you may or may not win, obviously based on the number of callers come in. <laughs> but as it stands at the minute. You're one of two callers, so you got a 50-50 chance of winning. Um, That can change as the show continues on for the next 10 minutes. But thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it a whole bunch.
4: All right. Thanks for having me on. Good luck this season, bud. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.
1: You're live on the Where to Hunt Rut Club radio. Who do we got on the line? Where are you calling from?
3: Hey, what's up? It's Kevin Dye, Bath, New York.
1: What up, Kevin? How you been, man?
3: Not bad. Uh, yeah, we uh, we don't start our archery season until October 1st, but uh, I, Ooh, went scouting, yeah, <laughs> I went out scouting. Yeah, uh, I went out scouting last week with a buddy, and we found some fresh rubs. Um, and there's a ton of acorns falling right now, so, you know, the f- food sources are starting to change for the deer. They're probably going to start moving off of, like, the hay fields and stuff.
1: That's awesome, dude. So, and they, they're like everything I hear from everybody, and I've been hearing this since I was a kid from my dad, is acorns, 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 and uh, that's a really good sign. Do you think they'll still be dropping fresh acorns come October first, or they'll at that point have moved on to something different?
3: No, I, I imagine there's a like there's a ton of acorns on the trees this year, so I imagine they'll still be dropping. But like a lot of our ag on here is mostly cornfields we don't have a lot of soybeans and stuff like that so um they don't really I, I think they use the corn to travel through because nobody can see them in the corn you know unless they get on the edges right, then right i don't it i don't think it gets um grazed on or browsed on as heavy until like the acorns are not you know in the apple trees and stuff like that like or when they go and when they cut the cornfields, the fields are loaded. But
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting because I'm doing all these heated hunt giveaways, and one of the scents that they have is sweet corn. They have it as a cover scent. Um, so if you're hunting near a cornfield edge or something like that, you could totally use that and you blend right in, right? I think yeah. that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like you think everyone just thinks dirt for a cover scent, and there's like all these other options. But um, make sure you put a comment in the in the comments kevin so i know how to find you for the drawing um so i can let you know if you win or not because you're going to be drawn to win a heated hunt heated he did send dispenser now i'm gooping it up classic uh <laughs> but so you're you got to be just jacked, dude october 1st is right around the corner right? It feels far away but it's also like right there
3: yeah that's the thing look it's it's so close <laughs> you we've waited so long and it's so close but like all these other states are opening up. I know uh, Connecticut opened up. D Rock, he shouted a doe. I think yesterday, actually, or the mm-hmm. day that might have been yesterday. Yeah, and maybe then, the uh, day
1: before. I can't remember with the zoo. Yeah, yeah,
3: and then yeah, yeah, and then out west, like North Dakota and stuff like that. The Tag and Brat guys, you see their videos. I'm like, oh
1: man. Yep. You're like, <laughs> October you can't fuckers, come you're through the woods
3: up. already. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like everyone. It's like you're at a, you're at a starting line in a race, and everyone else is running before, you, and you have to wait. And you're like, no. They've already lapped me. This is bullshit.
3: <laughs> that describes oh. hunting in New York pretty well.
1: <laughs> Funny, man. What's the What's the temperature <laughs> like over in New York for you guys?
3: Um, we're right getting now. down what? pretty low at night, like down into the 40s, I think, and like low 50s. And then during the day, I think today it was up mid-70s or something like that
1: so not too dissimilar from where we're at here it's still muggy which sucks but we're looking at 80 for the next week about so it's super hot yeah can you hear me okay Yeah. yeah
3: yeah we don't we don't get the humidity not that bad we get like spurts of it but for the most part it's not very humid around here
1: but lucky man you're lucky out there well um I guess I got about three minutes and um what's your what's your goal for the season? Do you have any target bucks or anything specific you're trying to do?
3: Yeah, I uh I started a little hunting thing, me and a couple of buddies, um, Hidden Holler Outdoors. Uh I'm gonna really dedicate to self filming this year, try and lay down some some good footage, get a couple of kills on camera. Uh on.
1: and
3: then um uh, I'm going to be hunting a kind of a transition between public land and private land. Um, my grandfather has a small, really small piece. I actually talked to you, uh, when you had rock on and we talked yeah, about okay. my grandpa's land. Yeah.
1: That's right. So, Thanks dude. Yeah. Record. I've got
3: one. Yeah. I've got one non-decent three and a half year old. He's missing. He's only got one brow tie, but he'll, yeah, he's, probably going to go in like 130s right around that Pope and Young. but other than that I'd be happy with getting anything decent really.
1: <laughs> That's most of us man I mean really. Four years. You know, I wish you luck yeah. this season if you're not already part of the W2H Rut Club join that and you know uh, make sure to share some of your content there so we can all kind of follow along and uh, oh, yeah. I'll do the drawing tomorrow night so stand by for that see if you win. Okay.
3: All right,
1: cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be going live again in about 30 minutes. So If you want to jump back on, uh, we're going to be talking to T&K Hunting Gear. So that should be – we're taking the filter off for that one.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. Some F-bombs will be dropped.
1: Yep, you bet, man. Well, thanks for calling into the show. I appreciate it a whole bunch. Have a good night, man. All right, man. Thank you. Bye. All right, folks, that's it for the Ruck Club radio segment. Uh, I know it's short, but short and sweet is good. I'm okay with that. Uh, Trevor, what up? Thanks for, thanks for popping in here. You guys in your 100th episode, it was fun talking with you all last night with the East Coast. So Kyle, Sean, Kevin, stand by. I'll do the announcement tomorrow night. Uh, I'll do it live on uh, Instagram, and then I'll share that out to Facebook. So you'll know if you won tomorrow night. I'll, I'll, if I have your information, I'll tag you, but otherwise just, Stay tuned for that. And I'll try to find a way to reach out to you guys. But uh, everybody, thanks for calling in. I'm going to switch gears here. We'll see you back in about 30 minutes. Got to go fill up my scotch. I'm pretty excited for today. We're going to bring on our guest, Tyler, with TNK Hunting Gear. What's up, dude?
5: How's it going, brother? Thanks for having me on. I'm all jacked up,
1: man. I'm all fucking jacked up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have some fucking fun tonight. Fuck bomb. You got it, man. Dude, so real quick, everybody, huge disclaimer. If you got your kids in the car, earmuffs, okay? You might want to listen to this one after the kids go to bed, okay? I'm just giving you the fair warning. It is marked explicit, but I'm just saying, now you know. If you don't know, now you know. We're going to swear a lot today. (laughs) Tyler, so who are you, where are you from, and then let's talk about T&K.
5: I am from a South Dakota born and raised in the black Hills and that's on the Western side of South Dakota. Most people would probably know, uh, from Mount Rushmore. Uh, that's kind of what we're known for in this area and then pheasant hunting of course. But, um, yeah, I lived here my whole life. Obviously uh, I was in the military, so I was stationed out in California for uh, four years and lived in Colorado for probably a couple of months, but a majority of my life has been here in South Dakota. And,
6: um,
5: T K hunting gear. Yeah. We just turned a year old, um, just a couple of days ago, actually probably about a week ago or something like that. I, uh, we did kind of a giveaway gear giveaway for, uh, turning one years old, but, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been crushing it the past couple of months. I mean, we've been really taking off and we're coming up with new gear and, um, we're, we're making improvements to already existing gear and, um, it's going to be pretty exciting for the future. And, and, uh, We've got a lot of stuff in prototype phase that we're going to be kind of um, presenting, I guess, uh, probably next year doing several of the hunting shows we plan to uh, go to. So
1: That's good shit. Happy birthday, man, by the way. One year's a big deal. How did you make the leap? Like, what did that look like? Were you straight out of the military and then jumped into it? Or it's been a couple of years, right? And and so, like, are you doing this full time now? Or talk about that. Yeah,
5: so- yeah, so I, I initially um, was actually going to make tactical gear when I was overseas doing private military contracting over in Afghanistan, and um, I initially kind of did that, and the idea just, you know, kind of really didn't develop and didn't go through, and last year we just had all this extra material, and I just thought to myself, "Well, oh, fuck, like, let's make some gear, you know, it was just kind of out of a whim, and, uh, you know, you know, just with my knowledge being in law enforcement now, and then um being in the military i knew the materials we were using um for gear and stuff like that very compliant military spec type stuff that's really actually the most expensive material to even purchase when it comes to the fabric type stuff that we're using so um i kind of just started it last year on a whim and it's kind of developed into what it has now um and actually, I I still work full time as the, uh, a police officer, and I come home on my lunch break and I'm shipping orders. Um, we're pulling in, we're averaging right now between like six hundred to thirteen hundred dollars days, every day. Dude, um, which is which is I mean, we we could always obviously do better, but I mean we we're selling a lot of gear, we're pushing a lot of gear. And we're getting it into a lot of people's hands. And uh so yeah, I mean we've uh, we've started taking off over the past couple of months and it's just been kind of a fucking roller coaster. Um as far as we're already running out of gear. Like we got a hundred vinyl harnesses made, we've got thirty two left. In the last two weeks we've sold I don't know what is that, even sixty on the seventy harnesses. Um and so you're uh, building up inventory.
1: Gonna... You're so you're building up inventory and then and then sell, 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 sell and then you know, rinse a cycle, repeat, right? Is that kind of how that's working oh, yeah. for you right now? And yeah. are you, are you doing these by hand yourself too? or are you, you were initially, right?
5: So initially we were getting a made, you know, in South Dakota from just, you know, a one local sewing shop kind of local thing. We just couldn't keep up with, with demand. I mean, we could not make enough gear. And we initially were doing like four or five week pre-orders on the vinyl harness. Cause we just, I mean, it took, a day to make two, three vinyl harnesses. So I mean, we just couldn't keep up with demand. Now we're running a hundred, two hundred, and we actually get our gear manufactured in Colorado. Um, and and we're just, we literally are just getting hundreds of pieces of gear made now. Um, I think rangefinder pouches are our new new piece of gear, and I think I've got, we got 125 of them made, and I think I've sold already 70 of them. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we've just, and that's just in the past couple of days, we've sold probably about 30 of them. And, uh, so we, I mean, nothing stays on the shelf for very long. It's just fucking go, 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 go. And now, I mean, ATAC's AU is one of our most important or, uh, popular patterns. And we, I mean, we're completely fucking sold out of it. We've been sold out of it for the past four days and we're not going to get it back, you know, until October. And we're already down to five Ranger Green, which are going to be gone in a couple of days. I mean, we're really, yeah, we're really kind of, uh, it's a good problem to have, you know, not keeping fucking shit on the shelf, but at the same time, just keeping up with that demand. It's, it can be freaking tough, but um, you know, it was funny, like a year ago, people were telling me I couldn't, I couldn't compete in the market with all these overseas companies and everything, but. Dude, I love um, it people when talk-
1: people tell me I can't do something. Watch me. What I my know. Fucking- do. That's where I'm at
5: that shit. It just pisses me off. I'm like, you know, watch me. Same people that said that, like, because, I mean, for me, even making those rangefinder pouches, I am the most expensive rangefinder pouch on the market. Hands down, 100%. I know it. I've tried to get the cost down. But I tell you what, it is the most well-built rangefinder pouch in the market. Hands down. We put so much time, so much material, and so much I mean, people don't really even realize sewing those little pouches takes so much fucking time. Cause they're so, it's, it's not like a bag where you or like a backpack where, you know, you got the machines going and you can just fucking, you know, kick that shit out fast. These take time. I mean, it's very slow methodical to really make the stitching look really fucking good on them. And then, you know, we're just constructing them way better. I mean, we, um, We inside seam sew all of our pouches. We um, sew on with, uh, and for a lot of people, they don't know what the fuck that means. But if you look at a lot of pouches on the market, um, a lot of them have those outside, like the outside edges all around are sewn. And and they're uh, like the the actual pocketing to the pouch. And it's all like raw edges, which is the fast way to do it and the cheap way to do it. But it's not the, the quality way of doing it. And so we've kind of established ourselves in the industry that we're not going for the cheapest way of doing things anymore. We are kind of becoming the standard in the industry of not cutting corners and doing it the fucking right way. And the right way is going to be the more expensive way. But it's, you're going to have a piece of gear that's going to fucking last 10 times longer than that other shit on the market. I mean, hands Dude, down. 100%. So
1: It's funny because you just heard me do my spiel, right, about the, the sponsors. And gum leaf is yeah. the same way. You're going to pay way more, but then you're not going to have to do it again and again and again and again. So, like, just maybe we can't all afford that, right? But certainly it's something to strive for. And uh, so right now I rock whatever the, like, little, I don't know, it, it feels like a backpack, right? And then my binoculars hook into it, and then I can grab them, grab them, grab them, but they're exposed, and it's over all my gear. Um, the first time I saw your stuff was – I'm Connor Wakefield, the whitetail drifter, and uh, he's been on the show. He's a great fucking dude. And then I met him oh. in person at the working class bow hunter shoot down in Illinois this last summer. And I'm like, what? I've been seeing this thing like T and K. What is it? Like, what is this? You know, and it it got me going. And then I tuned in to, to your stuff and I'm like, this guy fucking gets it. Not only does he get it, he he gets it real hard. Like you're leaning into it heavy, man. Like. So let's back up before i get too jacked up because I'm, I'm i fucking love marketing i think most <laughs> folks know that that listen to the show and and i i get really excited when other people do it right so how long have you been hunting what's your favorite animal to hunt what's your weapon of choice
5: so i have been hunting since about 12 years old i started off bird hunting um obviously as you know south dakota is known for pheasant hunting so Um, I did my first hunt when I was 12 years old got my hunter safety card and I remember the first couple birds I shot when I was 12 so I mean shit I'm 29 now so minus 12 I mean however many years that is Um, favorite animal to hunt I'm definitely kind of tied between uh, duck hunting I I love waterfowl hunting but I also love big game hunting too like deer hunting Um, this year I actually got a white tail tag. I just got in. I'm getting it all outfitted right now, but I just got a uh um Matthews Traverse bow. That's getting okay. it set up right now. And I'm gonna bring I'm gonna be uh uh breaking that thing out. Hopefully I don't it's pretty pretty goddamn expensive setup. And I'm known to be <laughs> clumsy and and tough on gear and that's why I make gear the way I do. But I'm going to uh um be doing that this month. Um I've got two more deer tags. I I've got a uh any deer tag that's gonna be kind of my buck tag rifle tag, but uh I'm still using my grandfather's thirty out six for a rifle I have cool, uh, yeah and and this thing's from like the nineteen fifties nineteen sixties I mean this heavy as shit um but uh that's that's the the rifle I still use, and um I haven't really wanted to get anything else, but I'm slowly more now um as probably you've probably heard from other podcasts, but this is actually my first year, like actually really bow hunting
1: um and oh you're uh, fucked dude more... you're fucked you're 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 going to be hooked for for life you got a real oh, problem that you're about to approach
5: <laughs> oh i know just, i mean I for know. those listening went...
1: you guys oh, yeah. you know what he's in 100%, 100%. for
5: 100 and uh, i went i went bow hunting actually with my buddy because i had that uh white tail tag it's just anerless just a doe tag um and we saw mule deers but we went on he had a cow elk tag we went on that hunt um just this past weekend and uh I tell you what, rifle hunting, I mean we had this this nice cow, broadside, hundred yards, I mean easy rifle shot, right? I mean and that's what I'd be used to if I had a rifle tag, I'd be like, oh that was that was you know, too easy. But I tell you what with bow hunting, it is a fucking challenge unlike anything else, especially you got those swirling winds in the hills that we have here. The wind is totally always changing directions. So you got scent getting thrown everywhere. And, uh, you know, it, it's just – and a lot of areas are very open, so when there's no wind and, you know, it's just tough to do a spot and stop because you can fucking hear yourself from a mile away and there's not a lot of – which, you know, a lot of guys have used that to where, you know, to their advantage, you know. They, they walk like, you know, they're hearing an elk and, and start doing cow calls and stuff like that, but um, it's just a uh, – yeah, it's it's a bitch, but it's fun. I It's more of a challenge to me than rifle hunting.
1: Well, and, and you're so Marine. I you love can... a challenge. Do you not? Like you're exactly. like, bring it on. Challenge accepted. Let's go.
5: <laughs> well, yeah. And I've been shooting rifles since, you know, obviously since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, but like in the Marine Corps, that's all I shot. That's all I was used to was, was rifle shooting. And uh, you know, so that's, you know, hunting, that's always what I've kind of done too. But now it's gotten to the point to where I tried out that, you know, bow hunting, doing spot and stocks and shit. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like, it's just, like you said, it gives me that challenge that, um, you know, that I've always kind of had in life, but I mean, it's definitely something where I think next year, I think you're going to see me definitely going away from rifle tanks. Like I definitely going to probably going, be going away from that. I'll probably still draw, you know, a few tanks here and there, but, um,
1: I was gonna say, I always say bow hunting is like some ninja shit. Like it, it feels good to be a ninja in the woods. Like, Okay, so let me let me explain. So here in Wisconsin, gun hunting is like a state holiday. And in some counties it actually is. Like the kids do not go to school on the gun opener. Um we call it the Blaze Orange Army or the Blaze Orange Blob. There's over six hundred thousand people that take to the woods in the state the weekend of the gun opener, which is the weekend before Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. Dude, it's a big deal, but it's all about that camaraderie. And so, like, you have – it's colder, right? We're in Wisconsin, so it's a lot colder that time of year. There's usually snow if you're up north, and if you're not, maybe it's hit or miss. But you're layered up. Dude, you're wearing long johns. You're wearing a giant blaze orange, you know, usually a onesie or some freaking coveralls and a jacket. And you're just, you know, you're a blaze orange blob. And when you go bow hunting early season – you don't have to wear those extra layers. You're more flexible. You're wearing camouflage. You're blending in. You're not part of this blaze orange blob. You're sneaking in and you're infiltrating the deer woods and you're, you you got to get close. You got to get real close. You need to pay attention very closely to the wind, your scent. Like you have to look at it very differently. Whereas rifle, you walk out there, you know, you might be hung over from the night before with the buddies <laughs> and you can shoot. You know, depending on where you're at in Wisconsin, we got thick forests, so you're probably not gonna take a shot yeah. more than a hundred yards, but they open fields, You can you can let her rip three hundred yards and you're good to go. Now if that's boat, that's not gonna happen. So it really is um a much bigger challenge, man. But that's why it's so addicting. Like you get out there and you get that encounter and it's not like gun at all. It's totally different. Yeah. But that's why no, I mean, that's what I look
5: for. but anyway. I mean it's a hundred percent like totally different. I mean, because like I said, you know, we had awesome shots that we would have had just clear, good, clean kill shots. If we had a rifle with us, I mean, a hundred yard shot, you know, that ain't fucking nothing. And uh, I mean, some people still fuck it up, but um, you know, it's just amazing to, to see that and just um, you just can't get away with, with what you can rifle hunting. I mean, quite honestly, you can't. Um, you, there's just so many things that, you have to do right to just get yourself into a good position to, to take an animal down. So I definitely really, it made me really feel like I was really hunting, you know what I mean? Like really hunting after that animal and not just going out there to, you know, per se fill a tag, but actually trying to earn it, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely, dude. I had a guy on a couple episodes ago, Primitive Hunting, And he takes it to another level, like he wears moccasins, he makes all his own gear, he makes his own moccasins, he makes his own bow, he makes his own arrows, his own broadheads, his own strings, everything, and then he goes and kills some shit. So that's like some next level stuff, where you can feel the earth on the bottom of your foot. Um, I'm not there, I don't know that I ever will be, but it's cool, and it sounds super badass.
5: Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, so they're bringing it back to the caveman status. That's, that's
1: pretty so awesome. real, he really is. If you haven't heard it, it's a really good one. It's super interesting. But, well, let's break down, let's let's move back ahead now again and break down some of the things you have. Like, okay, I'm going to pull up your site on the screen here. And for those mm-hmm. that are watching and not listening, you know, this will be in podcast land. But, you know, you have the binocular harness, um, the call pouch. You mentioned you got some prototype things happening and you have the rangefinder. but you also have some cold weather gear. Some dog collars, Glock holders, bags, like break some of these things down for us. Like what does, yeah. you talked about the quality.
6: Um,
1: I don't even know what else is on the market. Dude, like your, your stuff has front and center attention right now. I talked about what I use, my shitty little thing. Um, let's talk, let's talk about what you have here. Let's break it down a little bit.
5: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously our staple piece of gear that uh we just sell a ton of um is our bino harness and okay what makes our bino you know our bino harness i I guess a little bit different um on you know just i mean really all of our gear is that we are we're not only manufacturing in the united states we're actually using all united states materials so it's a little bit different because some companies Will use overseas material and then they will, um, they will assemble it because you know seventy or eighty percent of the work by law is happening in the United States, and then they're slapping slapping a Made in the USA tag in it, even though it's made with overseas like Chinese material. So we we do not do that. We are not a company that's slapping a Made in the USA logo on there and bullshitting you. We're fucking a hundred. And, I mean, a hundred percent, all of our materials are military grade are um, the highest quality manufactured here in the United States. And that's what separates us. I think from a lot of companies, because there's a lot of companies out there that are doing that slapping the made in USA tag on there um, because 70% of the work, which is actually sewing it is happening in the U S so they can say made in the USA, which is complete fucking bullshit in my opinion. Um, so, what we're doing is well in your expert opinion
1: because you know the industry i wouldn't just say in your opinion like that's a fucking fact
5: yeah i guess so i I, yeah that's that's a fucking fact i mean honestly that's that is a fucking fact and you know i've talked to Aaron snyder from uh, Kafaru packs on a podcast and stuff like that and i mean he's I, i mean he's on board and and says the same thing because we see it i know i can go into fucking cabela's and i can feel a pack and i know exactly what they're fucking using I know where their material comes from. I know what kind of material they're using, and I know their fucking markup. So, like, we can't say any of that. I would love to just throw some companies under the bus. I can't fucking do it. But I would just love to be like, God, if people knew what they were fucking buying, if they only knew what they were paying for. And, like, with us, um, you know, we're not even doing a huge markup on on our gear um, we could get away with honestly selling it for a lot more than what we do because of the materials and the and the um the construction that we're putting into it, like I've told people on our pages too, we've got fucking almost sixty moving pieces into that bino harness like it's not easy to sew. it takes a lot of time and there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of just really high quality ingredients into that piece of gear and, and into all of our gear really. And so, like, for us to survive, we, I mean, we have to sell our stuff. It's going to be more expensive than, you know, our stuff, material, raw, and getting manufactured costs the same as most vinyl harnesses out there. That should go – That I mean, that just goes to show you the amount of fucking ingredients we're packing into that gear. Um, we're just not – we're not cutting corners. And so, for our vinyl harness, the biggest thing that people like about it, too, is that it's one-dimensional. It can fit. Anywhere from a 10 by 42 to a 18 by 56. And what I mean, 10 by 42 is going to be a little bit deep, but what I've told guys to put an extra pair of socks in there and it freaking lifts it up just perfectly. But the reason we made it one dimensional like that is so that if you upgrade or downgrade glass and sizes, you don't have to buy a whole new pack. You just have to make a few minor changes, you know what I mean? It's not that big of a deal, but. Obviously, you've seen with our pack, it's MOLLE compatible, which means that um, on the sides, you will see those ladders. That's MOLLE. Um, There are some other companies out there that do MOLLE, like on the bottom and shit like that. But the reason we make that MOLLE on the sides is because all the pouches that we're making, and there's other, you know, out-of-market, non-TK pouches on there that are MOLLE compatible, military pouches, that you can mount under that vinyl harness. So basically you can customize that harness to whatever you want. You don't have to fucking, there's, we don't, we don't sew on pouches for a reason. And I do that because some people may like the range finder on their left side instead of the right side. Me, I'm left-handed. So my range finder goes on the left side of my pack because I'm left-handed. Now, you know, we're not making all these different pouches on here to where you can't customize it to whatever you want. So it's kind of nice to where you can throw a call pouch on one side, a, uh, you know, a Glock 20 or 21 holster, which we've got in stock right now on the other side, or a rangefinder pouch and a, and a pistol holster, or, you know, and we're making, you know, coming out with more pouches, like admin pouches, bear spray, tourniquet pouches, just all kinds of different things that you can really customize this harness out and you can just customize it to the hunt you're doing, you know, you're not going to always need a holster, in my opinion, if you're not hunting in bear country. You know what I mean? You're not going to always need to carry a pistol if you're probably hunting down in Texas because you don't really have to worry about cats or bears or anything like that. So, I mean, but let's say that you want to go to Colorado to do an elk hunt. You can throw that pistol, you know, pouch on there so you have your bear defense gun. So, I mean, you can really customize it to the specific your hunt, like specific hunt you're doing is what I kind of want to say. Um, That's pretty cool. You, and, uh, real quick, uh,
1: so you, that, you, mentioned, you mentioned earlier, like, uh, this is me interrupting. This is where my wife says, did the middle of my oh, sentence interrupt right, the beginning of yours? <laughs> Fucking
5: good, so, Whatever, I I don't get offended. Good. Me neither. We're great. So
1: I have, like, some tactical backpack that I got for – actually, it was, a, it was a gift. So I, I really appreciate it. It's a great piece of gear. I use it for my gym bag. I was going to use it for bow hunting and putting all my shit in there. I have yet to upgrade my fanny pack, which it's the shittiest thing in the world, but somehow it's held up. The zipper still works, and I've stuffed way more in there that should ever go into a fanny pack. I need a backpack. That being said, the handle of my backpack that looks like – you know, it looks military-esque, right? It looks like a tactical bag. The fucking handle ripped off. Mm-hmm. Uh strap came off. I'm like, what the shit, dude? And I don't, I'm assuming it came from like Cabela's or something because people that think of me think, oh, Eric's a hunter. I should just buy something from Cabela's. And that's great. And I love that. Um, For those of my family members that tune into this, don't stop buying me stuff. (laughs) But It's interesting that you say, if you go to Cabela's and you only knew the things that go into this and what you're actually paying for is the retail markup for it to be in that brick and mortar for whatever brand bullshit that's built into that from a marketing standpoint, all this fluff that goes in the margin on top of the fact that they're trying to get that margin down as much as they can to produce it for the lowest cost possible to crank out the profit margin. And uh, then I get the bag in my hand and it literally fucking falls apart, you know? And I never thought that much needed to go into a binocular harness, man, but you've sincerely crafted something incredible. Like I pay attention to your reviews and what people have to say. It is bar none The you're the you're the what I would call the category king. There's a book uh, comes out of Silicon Valley about all the biggest, baddest companies in the world um, called Play Bigger. And they talk about category kings. You are a category king, my friend. You've fucking done it. And um, the day you make a fanny pack or a backpack, I will be buying that shit. I'm also probably going to buy this, too, but I'm just saying, like, I have a real need (laughs) for some other weird stuff. So you know, well, I
5: don't we, know, know well, we proto- yeah <laughs> We are prototyping a a fanny pack and a backpack, but I appreciate uh the compliments, man. I mean, I'm always humbled when I do get because, um, you know, sometimes we can be our own fucking worst critic and, and with me, every time I send a piece of gear out, um, I just anxiously wait and when I get messages from customers, I'm like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. And then it's like it's never what I think, you know what I mean? But I'm like if you know, that's just the standard I have for myself, where I know I'm not selling a piece of shit, but I get into these people's hands and I'm like, God, just and, and but and then I get these messages and I'm like, oh no, like I just this guy just got it a couple of days ago thinking something's wrong and uh, fucking <laughs> 10 out of 10 times nothing's ever wrong. They're like, dude, this was worth the fucking money, thanks for making fucking shit in America and thanks for your service and all this shit. And I'm like, God, thank God. But I mean, like I can be my worst critic to where I'm just like, am I doing it good enough? And I really think I'm doing it uh, the right way. I think um, this industry has gotten to the point to where uh, cheaper is not better. And I think people are getting fucking sick of it and people are willing to pay a little extra money to get a product that's not only made in the USA and better known. But get a product that, that comes with a fucking badass guarantee. I mean, you don't even realize. I mean, okay, I'll tell you one thing here. So we had to make an adjustment on the bindle harness because the girls that were sewing it, um, they on a couple of the harnesses got about an inch on the Molly. Where if you put that rangefinder pouch in there, it's not gonna fucking fit it. So anyways, this guy um ordered a rangefinder pouch and he goes, dude, I cannot get it on this Molly. It's sewn, it's sewn like an inch instead of like an inch and a half. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, how do you feel about the leather patch? Cause he had one of the older harnesses. And he's like, leather patch looks fucking awesome. I literally printed a shipping label. It, this was last night. And I sent that shit out today, a brand new harness. I sent him a shipping label back. He's going to send that back a brand new harness that actually works. Now, we're getting busy, but I still have fucking time to do that. And you know what? What company just fucking sends you a brand new piece of gear that you've already been using on Hunts? Good, yeah, that's that's some on.
1: special different yeah. shit. And I think however big you get, you're gonna you're gonna hold those values and that mantra true. Um I think that's 100%. gonna resonate through the organization that you're building. I don't think this is gonna get too big for your britches in some sort of capacity. I don't mean that negative way, I just mean like it's very clear to me that you're gonna go to where you're trying to get, um, whatever that future looks like. I'm, I don't even know if you have a vision or a mission. You might have a vision, maybe not a mission or whatever, but um, whatever that looks like, you're you're gonna get there. And this, you're you're building the foundation for it right now, and you're setting the tone for the customers, and that's a really strong foundation, dude. And the only other company that I'm aware of, I'm sure there's plenty of others out there, but Exodus Trail Cam has a no BS warranty. You just said a badass guarantee. You might want to coin that fucking phrase right there and <laughs> call it a badass guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job with the No BS yeah, and they back it. But I'm just saying, man, like you've taken it to another yeah. level because you ain't even questioning it. You're like, no, bro, I got you. I, let's just send it out. I'm just going to send oh, yeah, it. Let, like automobile guy that sold that beer in Canada. Uh,
5: I get customers that are like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry i i didn't i I didn't mean to do this. I'm like, Fuck why are you apologizing to me? Fucking check your email There's a freaking return label <laughs> like you don't even fucking pay for like shipping back like we pay for that shit. We take it and, and I mean that's that's another reason why um our products have to be a little bit more expensive is because of the insurance on it I mean we're fucking covering shit that no other company guarantees is gonna be covering out there. There's a lot of companies they will tell you guarantee all fucking day long. And there'll be all these stipulations. Oh, you know, um, you you freaking, um, you know, for a small fee, we'll fix this. And for shipping, if you pay for shipping back, we'll do this. Fuck that. That's not a lifetime guarantee. Like we are, we are truly bringing back that lifetime guarantee and, and, um, really trying to, um, get confidence in people again, that like, we're not out to fuck, like we want you to be successful. That's why we make the gear we do is we want you to be successful on your hunt and and we want a piece of gear that, I mean, fuck, in 20 years, you can hand down to, you know, a a grandchild or your son or whatever and be like, I was hunting with this harness, you know, back fucking 10, 15 years ago. And that's the cool thing about it is that we don't guarantee it for the life of the product. If you build a product good enough with good enough materials, that product should last a fucking lifetime. I mean, honestly, if, if you are building it that well, it should not be, and if it, and, and shit breaks, and if shit breaks, we just fix it. You send it to us, and we just fix it, and uh, that's it, and I like hearing the stories. I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? It's not that I'm, like, trying to judge you and trying to decide if I'm going to cover it. I don't, you know, I'm going to fucking cover it anyway. I just, <laughs> just want to hear wanna what all happened. fuck it up <laughs> so that I can make it better if I need to, you know what I mean? So, yeah,
1: someone's gonna be like, dude, I'd I'd use it for kindling to start a fire. I'm so sorry, I was dying in Alaska.
5: <laughs> it wouldn't <laughs> fucking
1: burn. I mean,
5: yeah. yeah, I mean, if you fucking if your fucking little bushwhack plane fucking crashed and you were getting hunted down by Kodiaks and fuck, you know, by brown bears and shit on Kodiak Island and you need to use it as a fire starter, yeah, I'm I'm definitely covering you. That's
1: plenty of shit. Dude, so you mentioned like something really cool, like you know. um, let's just pretend it's twenty twenty five 25 years from now when a grandchild literally calls up and says, my grandpa used this thing. Is this lifetime warranty legit? And he'd be like, you know, 20 years older. I'd be like, fuck
5: yeah, dude.
1: I got you. <laughs> or he
5: bro. You know,
1: but 110%. it's interesting because, you know, we talk about hand-me-downs and you come from the Marine Corps and I think we all know that the Marine Corps gets all the hand-me-downs from the fucking army, right? And they're still using shit from World War Two. Um, <laughs> and it's still in, it's still out there working. So yep. it seems as though you've taken a bit of that mantra. Like, I don't know how military gear gets manufactured, where that DOD gets their hands on this stuff and who is responsible for that. I know they rely on a lot of the private sector for that, but you know, you talk about using military grade stuff. I mean, at some point I almost think the Marine Corps might start buying shit from you. You know, it might come full <laughs> circle. Like, it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, america
5: yeah because like the military has to um by law for the most part um there's some people that are probably involved with the military that probably should, doesn't go that way 100 percent, but they're supposed to make everything very compliant which means make it in the usa with usa materials yep. and so everything the military the uses, like,
1: and itar and all of these other like there's a lot of compliances that they have to deal with or then there's g s a bidding and all this other fun stuff that I'm slightly yep. aware of based on my day job, but um anyway, dude, sorry i, I did it again. I interrupted, sorry, but <laughs> fine man
5: it's good um you know, just for the most part, like um you have to look at those materials we're using the same kadura a thousand d we only make two things. Uh, two of our camos uh and colors actually come in five hundred D Kadura, which is more lightweight and more uh uh more uh, I guess accept or acceptable to abrasions, but it's still, I mean, obviously really fucking heavy duty and good. Um that's uh ATAX, uh the AU and uh Forest Orange. But that's it. Everything else are multi cam, Ranger Green, Coyote Brown um uh E-Tex, ix all that shit is in a thousand d Cadura, which it's heavier you'll notice if you get our is it's a little bit heavier than most out there um but it's it's built like a fucking ox i mean we make it that way because we want it to pass down in generations and some people were even like looking at the elastic they're like oh this elastic and i'm like yeah dude that's military military grade elastic it's like the break strength on that elastic is like 600 pounds or some shit. I mean, it's just, the the shit is just the best of the best. And it's the most expensive shit, but we are, um, like Kafaru uh, packs. We are, we buy from like the same suppliers. Um, and so and the same suppliers as a lot of the military buys from too. So we are using that type of material. And when you said hand-me-downs, I mean, that's exactly what it is. The reason the military uses these materials is because they last fucking forever. They don't in the worst
1: gear, dude, here. beat up by the fucking front line,
5: <laughs> and the, the people that Americans sit beat... there forever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the army. No offense. I'm just saying. We're talking Yeah, about... but I mean, these
5: guys are using it fucking to kill fucking terrorists, dude. Like, mm-hmm. using it in combat operations, patrol after patrol, on fucking... Oh, some have been lying. Right? Like this is the same type of material that I mean. They have a flak jacket that's been in the fucking core for fucking fifteen twenty years because it lasts. And people just don't like. That's where like where I kind of come in, where I'm like trying to educate people on like this fucking material we're using is the best of the best. It's expensive for a fucking reason. And, and but, but if, more and more people are more and more people yep. are getting it though, you know.
1: Well, I noticed, like, so, okay, dude, this is all great. Let's switch gears a little bit, you know, um, and talk about how you're representing things on social. It's hard to ignore, hard to stay away from. It's it's not, like, a negative way, but it's like the car wreck. You have to fucking turn your neck to look at, like, whether you like it or not, you've <laughs> got to watch and get out the bowl of popcorn. And, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've, I think once you get haters, I was talking about this with um, D-Rock from the East Coast Boning Podcast. I was talking about this with Kurt Geyer and the guys from the Working Class Boner Podcast and really just kind of talking about you ain't made it until you have haters. And I got haters of my app all day. They just can't stand the fact that they can't wrap their head around the fact that someone would share their hunting spot. It, It blows their mind. They don't want someone to take their spot. Newsflash, your spot might not be that good it's public land. It's not actually your spot. Like, and, and just work for the greater good of the industry for the love of God. But for you, you got people hating on the fact that you're dropping F bombs, which DRock and I have similar problems. He's probably got it worse than I do, but, um, who cares? Like, it's interesting that we're in, we're in a day and age where, uh, the motto of the country is I'm offended that you're offended. Yeah. You've navigated I mean, it a... so
5: well, dude. Go ahead.
1: You've just navigated it so well. You're just like, yeah, I didn't I didn't like come to you, you came to me, so uh move on. <laughs> Fuck you. Thanks. Like <laughs> right, right like I didn't you choose for you to find me. Like if you don't like it,
5: turn the fucking channel. Exactly. I mean that's that's 100%, but here's here's the, I mean this is the reason we do uh, obviously a lot of what we do is because um, I mean, obviously we're no bullshit and that's just kind of how my personality is in real life. I mean, guys that know who I am in real life and guys that, um, you know, have served with me and guys that work with me and then guys that'll probably meet me at a lot of hunting shows this coming here. Know that I'm just, I, I, I'm that fucking dude. Like I'm no bullshit. Um, I'm, I will help anybody that I possibly can. But if you're a fucking douchebag, like I'm going to treat you like one. And you know, a lot of people um, do not agree with what we do, and and that's fine because my followers on on my social media are people that buy my gear and that support us and that will buy gear. Um, I I'm not concerned with getting a hundred thousand followers. I could fucking care less. I'd rather depth have over width, man. Depth followers. over width. Oh yeah, I'd rather have three thousand followers that are gonna fucking buy a ton of gear than a hundred thousand that ain't gonna buy shit. And so yeah. like, that's why I don't spend money on fucking advertising. That's why I don't do this. That's why I don't do that. I literally just go based off of, you know, I, I I do make a little bit of a splash with, with the shit that I say because I think it's fucking funny and it gets people to like, what the fuck is this guy saying? But um, I, I mean, I truly mean it when I, when I say this stuff, I'm just saying the stuff that people are already thinking, but we've gotten into this world, especially with companies they want to fucking apologize to everybody for everything, and and we're not in that game. Like, if you're a fucking offended, go fuck yourself. I don't really fucking care. Like, I mean, that's that's really my mindset. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, our generation is becoming a bunch of pussies. I mean, straight up, it'll get it'll and, get worse, and no, you real quick. it'll get worse. But I'll pause you there real quick. I'll pause you real quick because we have a caller
1: from Michigan. All right. So I'm going to bring right. him on, and then we'll pick right back up at pussies. Please. <laughs> jonathan from michigan you're live on the where to hunt podcast please don't be a prank caller yo hello yep you're live on the show what's up jonathan
4: oh okay yeah what's up yeah so i heard what you guys were talking about and i was just like um
3: yeah nope
1: nope see you later jonathan you're a prank caller get the fuck out of here (laughs) Son of a bitch,
5: dude, That's how I, I handle that from like, here on forward. I'm ban that. I fucking have you ever have you ever watched the uh, infomercial videos where they're like prank calling C-SPAN? Dude, if you oh, haven't, you need to fucking go look. It's fucking awesome.
1: Dude, we were just so dude, how how are they even like? My new this d- is my new thing. Like, I now have prank callers. I've been doing this for nine months. In the last three weeks, I've gotten prank callers. I don't know where they're coming from. I think they're coming from YouTube, if I'm being honest. I really don't know.
5: <laughs> you said, yeah, That sounded like a little fucking kid. Yeah. I don't even think
6: they yeah, have puberty little... yet. Pre-puberty really.
1: kids. If anybody else wants to call in, by the way, the number's on the bottom of the screen. If you prank call me, I'm just going to hang up. That's that. So don't <laughs> waste your fucking And then I'm going to ban your call. And, and then I'm going to try to find – I have your number. So I will call you back (laughs) at 3 in the morning when I'm producing this show, and I will ruin your life. (laughs) Bruce, I like your style, dude.
5: I
6: like that. Yeah,
1: I'm done with that, and you're fueling the fire. Bruce, you're live on the Word Hunt podcast. I know you're not a prank caller. What's up, Fucking What's
6: up, guys? Tyler, what's up, man?
5: What's up, Bruce? How you doing, bro? Doing
6: good, good. He has no clue he's already talking (laughs) to (laughs) me. You're driving, our, you're driving, aren't you?
1: are driving are not you driving, man. And,
6: that's right. oh.
1: No, this is not a problem. I'm just saying, you're always driving.
6: What do you <laughs> got? I'm always yeah, driving, you got some man. Value,
1: value, value. You got a question for Tyler? What's up, bud?
6: Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I just want to let people know, you know, uh, when I found out about Tyler and what he was doing, being a fellow uh, you know, veteran-owned company, uh, 100% American made, you know, that means a lot to people. And uh, when I found out about it, I gave him a call. And, uh, you know, he spent a good half hour, 45 minutes on the phone with me. Uh, similar things that I do with customers, man, we're a lot of likes. And everything that he's about is legit, uh, just based on our conversations and everybody that I know personally that actually already has the product. Um, I know I'm planning on getting some product. We actually talked about that. He's uh, been out a he was out when I called him last time. They were doing a photo
1: shoot. And they were out of product. Like, we're going to make that happen. But uh, it's good to see that other people out there doing business the same way, man. And we need more of it. That's great, dude. I well,
5: mean, thanks. you guys are setting the bar, right? You guys are setting the example. Well, yeah, well, so I, I appreciate, I appreciate the support, man. I mean... That's uh I I mean that was a fucking awkward silence. I didn't know if I was supposed to talk or you were supposed to talk <laughs> or what was going on there, but
1: Welcome to the uh, Word Hunt no. Podcast
5: where we have awkward silences. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I appreciate the support, Bruce, and and uh you know, obviously the future business and um I, I'm definitely glad that it's going around in the industry that I mean guys know that we're for real and um we're definitely providing um and setting that standard for providing high quality products and just um having kind of that working class um take no no fucking prisoners kinda of attitude to where um you know, just kinda of South Dakota guys that are gonna stand up for themselves and um make good products and do it the right way and make it make it right here in the USA and, and uh so no man, I, I appreciate the good words and um you know, awesome talking to you.
6: I think it's a double dog thing, man. Scott, the other uh the owner of uh, Ethics Archery man, you know, he's he's the same way. You know, he's a double dog himself and uh you guys have the same attitude and you know, kinda of run the company the same way. If it's not gonna be made here one hundred percent then they get made. And I think the quality of the products speak for themselves, man. Uh we're bringing some value back to American made products again, not not American assembled, American made
5: exactly no 100 percent agree with you i think um it's kind of long overdue i mean uh, that used to just be the standard uh back in the day we we were self-sufficient we manufactured here we had jobs here and uh you know we we focused on quality i mean that's what it fucking was and uh nowadays um we've just gotten away from that but um you know, there's a lot of archery companies out there, and and you know us and uh, you know a couple other gear companies that are trying to do it the right way, and and uh, we need guys like you supporting us and and um, you know doing business with us to keep us chugging along so that we can just keep fucking rolling and and make a make an impact and hopefully turn some heads in the industry and and uh, you know be the example of of what gear should be and what hunting you know products in general um, should be in life. And, and so, um, yeah, man, that's good shit. I appreciate it.
1: You're like, you're like my favorite caller. You keep calling in and I love it. Thank you, dude. (laughs)
6: Tyler, I'll give you a shout later on this week, man. We'll talk.
5: Sounds good, brother. Take care. Drive safe, buddy.
1: Oh yeah. So, well, we were online with Bruce. I think I just sorted, like, three other prank callers. <laughs> <laughs> I got an, I got a screening thing. So, like, it screens the calls, and if they fail the screen, like, that's red flag number one. Like, if you can't tell me your name and where you're from, then don't call in. Um, and if you're a real just caller really and you're, you're the like, like <laughs> dude, my wife blames the parents. She's a teacher. Like, that's real.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of these kids don't get their ass kicked enough. Although I was fucking guilty of prank calling when I was fucking a young little fucker too. So it Same, is what it but is. It but like it was like yellow book. That was different. <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah, dude. It like blood. we feel like prank call like Chinese food places out of the yeah, phone book. You man. know what I mean? Like yeah, I want to not fuck young not guys, this kind of you know? shit. I mean, this didn't exist. But
1: dude, some um, of the guys think <laughs> they're like. Well, yeah, no, I'm I'm Joe out of Michigan, and, and I love hunting, except for when my wife killed a deer, and now I shoot him in the face. I'm like, whoa, dude, <laughs> Context prank callers. You're not even calling to say <laughs> fart. You're just, like, going right into it and, like, disguising yourself.
5: Well, yeah, I mean, and at least, like, you know, some prank callers will, like, come online and say fuck, and we'll be like, okay, well, you know, that's nothing new, yeah. dude. Fuck you, too. Right. Like, I'm the same You're fucking the page, so Get out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well okay so dude at the beginning before we hit the record button i planted the seed hopefully we have had time to let it kind of come to fruition let's let's get on to your most memorable hunt and i'm just going to let you take the show here like it could be bird it could be deer it could be i don't give a fuck what what was your most memorable hunt to date
5: so my most most memorable hunt to date was honestly uh my first to hunt with my old man which was uh pheasant uh pheasant, hunt, pheasant hunting here in south dakota um i remember uh you know we went out we probably got like three or four birds and i was you know 12 years old fresh getting my hunter hunter safety card and um you know my old man he, he'll still go out hunting but he obviously can't put in all the miles that you know uh, it takes to go into public land for deer hunting and stuff like that but um you know i'm going to take him out drag him out Duck and goose hunting this year, where he can just kind of sit in a blind and doesn't have to walk. He's getting up there almost, you know, into his 70s. And, um, I just, I mean, I just remember that hunt, um, you know, and it's so cool to see compared to, um, compared to now. And like when I was looking at pictures of when we would go hunting, is, um, we used to just go in jeans and like a fucking red coat. You know, like it's so, it's kind of so funny how it's kind of, hunting is kind of and not pheasant hunting, obviously wearing camo, but like just how the camo industry has really evolved into what it is now today. And, uh, but I mean, I, I I mean, that's just what it was. I mean, we, um, had our shotguns and just wore jeans and I think I even had some tennis shoes on with like a red jacket and like, that's how we would hunt. And it's like, it's just crazy. Um, (laughs) how it's evolved because it, it isn't evolved so much. Um but honestly that that uh I still remember like it was yesterday. I mean that was by far um and we only shot probably like three or four roosters, but um I, I and I think yeah, I honestly think if even if I shot like a three fifties elk or something like that, I don't think it would be as much of a memory as, as that, to be quite honest with you. Um I think those are the Especially as a son and a father duo, those are kind of the memories that you share. And, you know, of course, we've been hunting uh, a lot more since then, but, uh, you know, it's just kind of special when you did it kind of for the first time. And um, he's still got the picture hanging up on his wall downstairs in the basement. I just saw it actually this last Sunday when we're playing, uh, watching football. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's really, I mean, that's all. I mean, it's nothing fucking crazy, but I mean, it's just, Uh, You know, some of my best memories are just probably from my childhood, honestly.
1: Well, same, dude. And it's it's cool that you, like, so for me, memorable hunt with my dad. And second, like, I wore Mickey Mouse World War II boots that were white, that if you saw me from a distance, (laughs) looked like I was wearing socks. I wore a (laughs) hand-me-down camel from 1980 that is apparently making a trend and coming back. It's the tree bark camo. (laughs) And back then I was like, man, I can't, I wish I could wear the cam that everyone else wears. Cause it looks so cool. I didn't even give a fuck that it mattered what I looked like in the woods. I just thought like the other stuff was better and it was a giant onesie, <laughs> but like I still, sh- like, I still was out there, man. And like I shot my first deer in jeans and a blaze orange hoodie, you know, and with a shotgun that was a hand-me-down pump action that was taller than I was from my dad's dad. And, um, to me, like those are the, those are the hunts that are memorable and other ones are too for different reasons. But you think about the heritage that, that goes into it. And, you know, we talked about hand-me-down stuff and I just think that's super fascinating. Like that's probably gonna be the title for this episode is hand-me-down hunts or something like that, because that's the stuff that carries sentiment. Like you still haven't bought a new rifle or purchased or bought or whatever the fucking word is. Yeah. Um, I also can't do math, but words are hard, dude. Anyway, like, I hear you, man. When you shoot that thing, it it probably sounds like history. You know, it doesn't sound like a bang. It's like <laughs> this is a grandpa shot, the man. Fucking like,
5: snipers used to use back in World War Two, man. Like this right? fucking, it, it's it, and like I still use. And a lot of guys see my videos too. You have probably seen my my uh, grandfather's Browning A 1952. I still take that goose hunting, dude. And of course, I've got newer shotguns and stuff like that. But like, I yeah. mean, when I really just I mean, I use my grandfather's goose gun more than I use even my newer guns that are fucking two thousand dollars shotguns. I mean, a hundred percent. Like, and I, I, I just, It's just because I, I feel like it's like weird, but like you know, like my grandfather's like in that gun. You know what I mean? Yep. And there's yep. just yep. so many birds have been killed with that shotgun, um, and ex- you know, especially with my my grandfather's deer rifle. Who knows how many goddamn deer have been killed with that thing? And it's just. It's so awesome because like, uh, you know, it's just, it's guns that have, have lasted the time of day because back then, dude, I mean, guns even compared to today and nowadays I mean, guns were, I mean, they're built like machines, like in 52, like you can feel that thing. I mean, it's fucking heavy. Um, Dude. Yeah. How hard is it to clean? Oh God. That's not too bad actually. Um, I got to clean it. I'm actually going on a duck hunt here in a uh, shit in a week, a week and a half, um, at East South Dakota. So I'll be bringing that plus my, uh, uh, Benelli M2, but, um, it's, it's not, it's not hard to clean, but, um, the thing is just weighs a fucking ton, but it is shoots three and a half inch shells. That's the biggest thing. Cause my M2 shoots only three inch shells. So it's a good, uh, goose gun for, for those big Canadians. Um, but uh yeah it's just it's uh it, we talked about that and that's why we're trying to make the products that we do um and, and so that you know that can be a possibility where you can hand it down uh, for generations with all the blood stains on it with all the dirt with all the muck and it still works so still well, some of
1: those things are like leftovers dude sometimes you reheat it it tastes better. You know, and sometimes after it's got some wear and tear on it, it's actually a little more malleable and more functional. Like, it actually functions yep. a little bit better. You know, you can yeah. you beat the shit out of it, and go lo and behold, it became a better product. Like, a good fucking scotch, it ages, you know, and, and gets better in the barrel.
5: 100% dude, 100%. Yeah, it's just um, rich histories, and, you know, we've, you know, going back to my grandfather fighting in Okinawa during World War II and being hunters, I mean, got a lot of, just patriotism hunting um really background in our in our family and um you know it's just super exciting to see where this company is going and all the support we're getting and i mean we're fucking blessed man and uh you know old man's fucking happy and um i'm happy and um we're just running around man we just had to buy another like shit another four or five grand worth of material to get like another twenty gram worth of products done. So I mean, it never ends, man, and, and it's a good thing because I think people really resonate with us because uh, you know, we're not in a suit and tie. We're just, you know, fucking small some really small town folks from South Dakota that um, you know, my father grew up in Ledgiewood, North Dakota where population's eight hundred. I mean that's just who we are. And uh we gr you know, grew up hunting and, and um served our country and so and just no bullshit you just kind of tell it like it is and and i think that resonates with a lot of people and and um there's just so much fakeness in the world and on social media these days that you know part of the reason why i do what i do is because i'm just like this is fucking who i am i'm not going to be scared and you know there's some posts i get like 20 unfollowers followers and i'm like fuck them i don't fucking care like i don't i don't sit there and like worry about followers i could fucking care less
1: if well, you, you need to, to stay up, true to yourself yeah. because at the end of the day, that's what's important, yeah. dude. And the old saying, like "stand for nothing or fall for anything," right? Like that's a real thing. That's a real thing. Yeah.
5: You know. No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta back what you say, and and just say, yeah. Listen, I said that, and if you don't agree with me, or you think I'm an asshole, or you think, oh God, he's, he's mean, or whatever. You know, it is what it is. Like I, I'm actually, <laughs> you know, it, it's fine. I, it is definitely something new but I think more and more people are kind of getting refreshed by our no nonsense approach and just not taking shit from anybody. And uh, so, I mean, we're going to, that's just who we are. And we're not going to change for anybody. And we can stay at fucking 3,500 followers for the next fucking 10 years for all we care. Um, But one thing you're doing the right thing. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean, and it doesn't even matter, but I mean, one thing's for certain is that, We are going to connect with the right people that get our gear, that love our gear and and that, you know, want to buy me in the USA, want to support veteran owned And we're connecting with the right people in the industry. And uh, so, I mean, that's it, you know,
1: where do people find you? Where where can they go? Like, where should they go? What's the website? Like help, help people that are listening in their car, walking the dog, whatever they're doing with their day at the gym, et cetera. Like, where to go? What's the best way to get in touch?
5: Yeah, so our website's tnkhunting.com, dot com. You can go on there. Um, got our products on there. We got a couple things for pre order right now that are probably a couple weeks out. Um, Instagram, you just type in teamk LLC, and then you can also follow us on Facebook, um, K hunting Gear. You can just type it in, and you'll you'll be able to find us. So,
1: cool, man. Thank you for freaking being on the show and taking time out of your busy-ass schedule to to yeah. talk with me and the audience and take the calls, even the prank ones. You know, it means a lot to me. I think every guest is a blessing. I, I feel lucky to talk to anybody. Uh, my wife sure thinks it's funny that people even want to spend time talking to me or listen to the show. So I appreciate it because, if anything, it just validates the fact that I get to rub that in her face. <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I'm going to end the live session. Everybody, thanks for tuning into the show. Um, We appreciate you as well.
5: Thanks, everyone.
0: The tip of the week. If you made it this far, I always say my hat's off to you. I don't always say that. That's the first time I've said that. But what I mean is my hat's off to you. Uh, Great, great interview today with Tyler. Super fun. Hope y'all don't mind the profanity, but my tip of the week this week. Look, if you've made it this far and you've heard the tip of the week, you know that I don't have any real tips, right? I'm not that tactical. I am Wisconsin's okayest hunter, so I'm not sure what you're gonna learn from me. I will say real quick before I get into the quote unquote tip is that um, I really am trying to build a platform that is your show. This is your show. And the platform is for me to be the conduit for y'all listeners to connect with the people that I bring on as guests. And I think the people that I bring on ought to add the value. And additionally, you as the listeners and the callers really bring the value. So I'm doing some fun things for everybody to try to incentivize some calls and really make it worth your while. Stand by for that as things kind of continue to catch up. Momentum here, but to my tip of the week, considering my guests and all the f bombs that we dropped, and something that I said on the show is that the state of the union of our country and generation seems to be the quote, I'm offended that you're offended, end quote, kind of sentiment. I don't think most of everybody that's listening carries that, but at some point, you know, as hunters in this kind of um, vertical or industry or sport or whatever the the hell you want to call it. um, I don't like calling it a sport. I don't know why. I'm just kind of weird about that. Uh, Hunting means more to me than just that. I would say treat each other fairly and respectfully and, um, you know, put the knives down, put the guns down, put the claws away, whatever. And uh, there's a war outside of this industry where there's anti-hunters, people trying to take away public lands, and things like that. And I think we're a bit outnumbered. So rather than fighting with ourselves and being offended by things from people within our own kind of industry, if you will, um, take it down a notch, guys and gals. And if you're listening to this, I think you're probably the folks that aren't those folks, the bad eggs that I talked about. Um Just play nice as much as you can, respect other people's opinions, and try not to get so fucking offended by things. I don't think y'all are the ones that do that, but if you've found your way to this show and you're offended by something, move along. And for all those prank callers out there, get the heck out of my show. Um, I'm taking steps to get a call screener to deal with that. Hopefully, you guys don't mind. Apparently, I've gotten to a new stage in this whole thing where I have prank callers now, so... You know, continue to call in, continue to support the show. I love your reviews. I love your feedback. Rut Radio is off to a great start. I will do the announcement for the winner always the day after the podcast. So uh, Wednesdays, I'll announce the winner of the Rut Club Radio and um, stand by for some other fun things. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I appreciate your support, your feedback, your camaraderie, your patronism. Um, Thank you to Tyler for being my guest. Thank you, Tyler, for serving our country and knocking down doors so we don't have to worry about locking ours. I guess we do, but you know what I mean. Um, have a great day and hunt public.